afternoon, everybody. Happy Friday and welcome to another exciting episode of the Shiro podcast here on Colin. I'm so happy to be back. We took a short little break because of some personal things and some illness, some COVID-related illness. And for anybody out there that remember when everybody was saying, oh, Omicron, it's so easy. Well, it's taken me three months to really get even remotely over it. So if you're suffering with long COVID or you've experienced that, just hang in there because a lot of us are going through it. Today, we're going to be talking about um, really the state of things in the Republican Party where Donald Trump stands um, and how he still got his finger on or his foot on the neck of the party. But we're really going to examine the state of Arizona and how that's a good way to really look at what's happening and tell where things are going and and what people are sort of doing in these swing states, because those are going to be critical. And this is important for two reasons. One, we have an election coming up, 2022, of course. Um, and that's a big deal because what's at stake is the controlling majority in Congress. And then after that, we have another big presidential election. And um, spoiler alert, everything points to the fact that Donald Trump is going to be running again. So I know people don't like to hear this. Whenever I say it on Twitter, people get like PTSD. They get very upset. They're like, don't say that. You can't say that. But I'm from the school of if this is an issue we're going to have to face, it's better to know about it up front. It's better to put it in front of us and face it head on and know what we're dealing with. So um, let's see. I am going to be primarily today discussing the gubernatorial race in Arizona for 2022, which, again, is important with the midterms as well. There are a lot of other states electing governors. And, you know, keep in mind, the governors are so important in that they can control taking funds from the federal government. They can they can stop things from happening. They can impede a lot of progress. So these seats are just as important. It's also important to remember that they filter in to um the presidency a lot. I mean, it's not that much, um, it's not doing that as much anymore, but before the anomaly of 2016, you know, the governorship was just a way to filter into the presidency, you know, see Gavin Newsom, et cetera. Usually it was the next stepping stone for getting there. And now people seem to be launching campaigns right out of the Senate or in Donald Trump's case, right out of The Apprentice. So whatever. Anyway, go ahead and give me a call. There's a button on your Colin app if you're all new to Colin. Hello and welcome. You can just push the little telephone and it'll put you in a queue to talk to me. And I'd love to talk to you today about your experiences and what's going on in your state. Um, the first person who's going to call in is actually my mom. Um, and <laughs> the reason for that is that this whole topic came about when I was home recently and um, and we were watching these local ads that that people were running on, um, you know, the governorship in 2022. And it, it, it was like I was watching Trump again. And what was scary was in some of these local ads, I mean, there was a woman who um, her name is actually Karen, Karen something Robeson. She was saying that she wasn't saying I'm Trump's candidate, but she was pointing out all of her issues that made her closest to, quote, Republican values. And then she proceeded to go down the list of all of Trump's values, which is like the, the border wall, guns, all of this crazy stuff that Arizonans are somehow obsessed with and that really is not affecting their everyday lives. So 
that was a little shocking. And we started a conversation about who's running. And since then, you know, there's this other candidate who's actually currently in the lead, who is a former Phoenix TV anchor. And she's, oh, she just did an interview with 60 Minutes where she walked off the air because the guy kept referring to her as, you know, Trump as her guy. And, and she was trying to tell this guy in Australia that nothing there works. They have a total gun problem. It was a mess. Um, you can go to my Twitter feed. I posted the video of it. I can't recall the whole thing, but she's really pushing some dials too, which ultimately leads me to my point of, you know, does it, she seems to be doing well in the lead. Does a candidate like this really have um, a group of people to still talk to? Like how big is the Trump contingent out there? Have they been a little more quiet because, um, you know, he did lose the election. Are they still, they're clearly not admitting that he lost the election. You know, the, the let's go Brandon thing doesn't really show that they're being too quiet. Where are these Trumpers? What are their numbers? What is their strength? How much strength does he truly have? I think 2022 is going to give us a really good idea of how viable he is in 2024. So that's important. Anyway, mom, if you're listening, I'm waiting for you to call in. Um, so that I can take your call and I can go ahead and start talking with you about all of the great research you've been doing. I can see that you're listening. So please give me a call. Thank you so much. Anybody else, if you'd like to give me a call, um, <laughs> you can go ahead and push the um, the little telephone button and call in and um, we can just talk about what's happening in your state. Um, hang on one second. We're going to take a call from Olivia. Next. And can you hear me? Yes. Amy, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Go ahead. Amazing. Cool. Um, so I will, okay, admittedly, so I'm from Connecticut, born and raised mm -hmm. in Connecticut, but I'm living in New York these days. Um, and I haven't, honestly, haven't really seen any ads recently, but it's it's interesting. My my I was talking to my boyfriend works a lot sort of in the political space talking about ads and then searching them and tracking them down and everything and I guess what I wanted to ask you um is you know when you were in Arizona and sort of home with your mom what was what was perhaps the most like surprising significant you know what what's the ad ad that made you like sit up and be like whoa like this is this is kind of crazy like what what was sort of the one that really caught your attention um, I think it was the ad that um, I saw that I believe was that was Karen Robeson, which again, I just can't get over the name Karen, but um, <laughs> <laughs> she has the typical like Arizona look, which if you're familiar at all with Jan Brewer, do you remember Jan Brewer? She was the one who was wagging her finger on the tarmac at Obama. Like she was lecturing. Yes. 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 Okay. Okay. Yes. How so do we forget has, such an image? Exactly. <laughs> she has that look. I like to call it newscaster Arizona look like where it's like the, the lob with the blonde hair and, you know, family values and all this stuff. And she's standing by the wall and she's just basically um, going through all of his major platforms and saying that these are the platforms of the Republican Party and and that this is what she's closest to. And I just felt like she was saying, you know, look at me, I'm closest to Trump. I don't think it worked for her because Trump ultimately endorsed um, the woman who's running, who was a newscaster. I cannot recall her name off the top of my head. But um, it's, it's this it's this idea. It really, it kind of jarred me because, you know, I live in Washington, D.C. and I'm, 
insulated by more big city values and a more, you know, melting pot of people. And to be honest, DC, funny enough, it doesn't have a lot of a, of a political vibe. I mean, government is everywhere, but you don't feel this sway like you do in other places with like, you know, Democrats fighting Republicans. It's like, we all kind of understand that we're here to work together. So um, anyway, I, it was really shocking because I, it had been a while and I guess I had thought, oh, well, this is going to die down. You know, after Trump goes away, some of this is going to die down. Now, I mean, that was me being a little naive again, too, because, you know, in one of the smaller counties that that I grew up in, um, Trump had just done a huge rally in the middle of COVID with all these idiots in, in a small town in Arizona. So, but again, I don't go to those. I don't watch those. I'm not really looking at the numbers. I sort of, there's only so much I can take. So, um Totally. I, I was just kind of like, wow, this is where we are. And again, when you're watching, you know, those when you're watching a local channel in a place you don't live in normally and those those campaign ads are coming in that make it sound like everybody's on board with them. And this is what everyone's thinking, which is what makes them so effective. You know, uh-huh. you sort of go, God, is this what people stand for? I mean, I, I support Katie Hobbs, who is the former secretary of state of Arizona. And she's the one, remember, who stood up to Trump in the vote count and said, no, this isn't happening and caught so much flack. You know, I'm supporting her. She is the Democratic candidate. She is running and she is she's going to I believe she's going to do pretty well and end up being the candidate. So I just think it's interesting that the people in the lead are, in fact, women Mm -hmm. and they still have these values. The other thing that scares me, too, about Arizona. Well, this is really everywhere, but Arizona's kind of reflecting it is that. You know, typically when a place votes in, let's say, Democratic senators, they're going to they're going to respond in the next election cycle with, you know, voting in Republicans. So that would typically mean a Republican governor in 2022. And, you know, Arizona voted in Mark Kelly and Kirsten Kirsten Sinema. Well, Uh the problem with Kirsten Sinema is that she (laughs) turned out to be a massive Republican, basically. And so it's very confusing. Um about like how, you know, uh, what does this mean? Is, are we really, are people recognizing that she, like, I just, I really don't know where things are going. It's sort of like all bets are off and, and it could be really tricky, especially this is what's really concerning to me too. If a Republican does win this next gubernatorial election in Arizona, and let's say this is the case all over the country, these races are happening in the same way. So let's use Arizona as the template. That happens, 2024, we have another election. Trump is running again. Hypothetically, everybody take a breath. And then he does this whole I won the election nonsense again. Again. The problem with that is going to be if there are Republicans installed at the state level, at the highest levels, he might actually be able to pull something next time. So, you know, it's these it's it's safety measures that's putting people in place. And and it's these swing states that are still really, you know, at risk. And it's 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 scary. It is scary. It is. It, it, it feels I, I do. I, I'm sort of picking up on what you're saying in terms of it feels like sort of, you know, once 2020 election happened, well, there is a moment of like, oh, we're out of the woods, like it's done. And I think right. you and I were talking about this. And that's just it's that's not accurate in any sense of the word. It's an ongoing process. It's a long process. It's, you know, it's something that has to stay top of mind and has to just stay. Everyone has to stay alert and stay aware. I agree. I agree. And that's that's a great assessment. Thank you so much for calling in. Thank you. Bye-bye. 
Okay, so my next caller is going to be my mother, Jana Vanderpool, who um, we're going to talk about some of the stuff on the ground. She's got a much better understanding of what actually is happening, and then we're going to kind of place that in the context of what's happening nationally. So let's just let her in. Okay. Okay, mom, are you there? <laughs> okay, everybody, while we're figuring out our technical issues, um, you should be able to speak, but you're going to want to hear me. Yes. Can you hear no, me? I can hear. Hallelujah. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. <laughs> what happened? It's just no fun being 68 and not understanding anything about this technology, I tell you. Oh, okay. my God. Please, you're doing so well. Do you know that nobody else's mom is on Twitter? Seriously. Really? Yeah. I'm only on Twitter because of you. I know, but you're crushing it. You you oh. know how to post videos. You know how to post images. You know how to do, like, if I tell you to do a quote tweet, you kind of know what I'm saying. Like, you're pretty savvy. So Thank don't you. put yourself down. Okay. Let's talk about what's going <laughs> on. What the hell is going on in Arizona? Thank you. Um, tell, me. tell me what okay. you think. It's it's very distressing. And, you know, for a while, I couldn't figure out how I could be seeing all of these advertisements for political candidates who were still saying things that were so blatantly untrue. Well, today I went online and I looked it up because you can find anything online. Mm -hmm. And the amazing thing is uh, yesterday, actually, NPR did a, a politics broadcast where they discuss the fact that the truth in political advertising is you are allowed to lie mm -hmm. because it's political. You can't right. do it with commercial advertising, right. but you can, you can say anything you want in political advertising. Right, because it's opinion-based. Right. Exactly. So Carrie Lake, for instance, can get up there and say... Now let's remind everybody of who... Hold on. Let's remind everybody of who Carrie Lake is. Carrie Lake seems to be the front runner right now for the Republican Party for the gubernatorial race in 2022. She's got Trump's endorsement. She was um, a previous local anchor on a Phoenix Fox station. And she just did that 60 Minutes interview where she stormed off after after um, accusing Australia basically of having no voter protections and, and a ridiculous gun law because they don't allow guns. So, okay, right. go ahead. I, I watched that, actually. And mm -hmm. uh, what I saw was he asked her... Um, why her man, he called her her man, Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and she said, why would you say that? Mm -hmm. And he said, because he's endorsed you. And she sort of, you know, deer caught in the headlights for a half a second. And then she kicked in with the attack. And mm -hmm. the attack was on Australia because this was an Australian interviewer. Mm -hmm. And he said, um, well, Maybe, you know, maybe you okay, have you're screaming. You're screaming a little. Let's take a breath. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's okay. Maybe. We should let the listeners know that this is what my mother does every time there's a discussion about Trump. <laughs> I get excited. I'm very excited. Let me turn my volume a little if I can. No, you don't need to. Just don't. Just don't. Um, you okay. just don't need to scream. Just talk to us like we're on the phone. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, um, she starts screaming at him because mm -hmm. uh, first she says... <laughs> Um, I believe that nobody should be jailed without charges being filed, implying that there are people in the United States with regard to the January 6th event that haven't been charged, which is totally bogus because right. 
Well, the only ones, ones that haven't been charged are the are the ones that haven't been caught. But yes, exactly. exactly. Not in jail. They're not in right. jail for, um, or they would be charged because they have to be, or they have to be let out. Right. Okay, right, right. So she goes on to attack Australia for, um, she says, maybe in Australia that happens where people have given up their rights and melted down their guns. Yeah. So she turns it completely on its side and doesn't ever address the fact that um, Donald Trump says everybody should be pardoned. She never goes into that because, of course, it's right. a land. And she knows she can't tackle that. So she just right. switches. Right. Um, well, let me ask you this question, because that leads me to wonder about something. You know, I grew up in Arizona. You've lived in Arizona most of your life. Do you recall uh, when I was young? I don't recall everybody being so gun crazy in Arizona. I mean, we've had we had the same laws that we have now. And now uh, you and I both know we have family members now that are carrying guns that shouldn't be that never were before. So what what has happened on that front? What do you think has happened in the state of Arizona with regard to the Second Amendment evolving into this crazy, everybody's got to have a gun thing? I think everybody thinks Arizona's the Wild West and it's always been this gun crazy place. And I never felt it was that way. Did you? I, no, I, I believe that what happened was the mass shootings and people saying, well, you know, we really ought to do something about gun control. And so then, the late 90s, the late and, 90s. Then everybody all of a sudden thought, oh, I'm going to lose it. And so, you know, when something is threatened, people get hyper vigilant and hyper reactive about things. And instead of listening to what they were saying about gun control, somebody, the NRA included, turned it into we're going to take your guns away. And then Mm -hmm. Arizona became what it always has been, a very independent place where people say, Oh no, you're not touching my, mm-hmm. you know. Well, and there is a lot of hunting. There, there are. There is a lot of hunting culture and stuff in Arizona too. I mean, I remember growing up with friends whose families, you know, went hunting and they always had. And so I could see it not being an issue growing up because they didn't feel as threatened per se, like you were saying. And then exactly. suddenly it gets turned, and and now it's it's hey, you know, I have to carry around a handgun in my SUV when I go to the Walmart or something. So it, it definitely that okay that makes sense to me that that did shift. The other thing I believe that's happened is there are politicians and others, uh, public persona people who have um, caused the general population to be afraid, very very afraid, and that's the Republican platform right now. You should mm-hmm. be. Be afraid of people with a different color skin coming across that border. You mm-hmm. should be everybody coming in here and taking away your rights because you right. have. You should and be afraid. The border so has never been because the border, afraid. Right. And the border has never been a security issue for Arizona like they are claiming it is. I've lived there my whole life. I, I don't, I've never seen it. I don't understand what they're even talking about. So now it's suddenly all of these people are. I think it started when Trump you know, basically called Mexican people rapists and said they're all coming across the border. And it was like, oh, they are. And what's shocking to me is, you know, take a border town. Well, Tucson, Tucson is close to the border. If you take a town like Tucson, which is typically liberal, I grew up there, very liberal city, always was. And suddenly it's very divided. It's, you know, 50-50. My best friend who is Mexican, he will call me almost weekly with stories about things that are said to him now 
from these Trumpers that are in these trucks and they're waving flags and directly to him about awful things and slurs and, and everything else. He said last week, somebody leaned out a car and yelled, let's go Brandon, like to him. And he's <laughs> like, what is the point? Like, he's like, you, you can tell by looking at me, I'm a minority. So was it to do this high school thing of getting me to respond? I go, yeah, you know, or uh, he, it's just, it's confusing because it, it's, it's, we're trying to want, has it changed? Was it always that way? And Trump just empowered them to kind of speak out. And moreover, how do we assess right now before a major vote coming down where these numbers really lie? You know, like, are do you feel like you're seeing Trump support in the exact same place it was before the presidential election in 2020? Yes. In Arizona? But, but it okay. came out woodwork just before 2020. And that surprised me. Okay. But in any diminution of it at all. Which means it could happen in the same way again. Uh, it it very well could. But uh, back to your question, it's fear mongering. That's exactly what's happening. It's fear mongering so that you people think they can tell by looking at a person's skin, whether they're right. a good person or a bad person, which is right. ridiculous. Well, and, and the same happens in reverse. You know, remember when we were in Arizona and I something would happen and I would go, oh, they're a Trumper. I know they're a Trumper. I was doing the same thing in reverse. Yes. It was like, because they were white or because they had a pickup truck or because they looked to be, you know, kind of yokely. I don't know. I don't want to be, I don't want to be offensive, but they looked to be a conspiracy theory bumper sticker. Yeah. Right. You just, you made assumptions about that too. And now it's become, it's become crazy. And, and my kind of, my goal is to figure out where do we really stand? You know, how much of it, of it is puff truff doing his puffery, which is an actual legal term and how much of it is, you know, just, it's really there. It's not there. What is really there? Um, I'm kind of concerned, especially after the antics of cinema and how she's yeah. completely let the party down with regard to passing these safety nets of Biden's Build Back Better that were so critical and that we really counted on. The whole reason, in fact, I worked, you and I worked so hard to get her elected in the state. It's like, where are we now? And, and what does this give us as an indicator of who can take this gubernatorial office? Um, I'm not that question okay yeah i went online to see um from the elections website who is uh, considered to be running for governor in arizona because i wanted to see what the breakdown was between republican and democrat and other parties and found are three listed on the state website democrats right um they're one of whom is a woman um there are katie hobbs and there is one independent from the independent Green Party. He has a degree from Intelli School 2014. Does anybody know where that is? I don't. And I don't either. And the his stated objective is, get this, to prop up the Green Party in Arizona to support Jesse Ventura for president in 2024. Fantastic. Yeah. Then there are two libertarians that call themselves libertarians, uh, both men. Uh, the independent is a is a gentleman. The way uh, the libertarians are running on the Democratic ticket or on a separate. No, 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 libertarian. Oh Lord, running on the libertarian ticket. Okay. Uh, one independent running as an independent Green Party candidate. Uh-huh. Two libertarians and seven Republicans. I know they have a really. And, I know. The reason there's so there are, I believe there are so many running as Republicans is because Doug Ducey, who has been the governor for the last um, 
eight years, I believe, is term limited. Right. Uh, and I don't he was know a he... major Trump supporter. For everyone out there who doesn't know, he was backing Trump and helping him at every turn. Yes, but he did have the grace to admit that the election was legal and fair right. and done appropriately. Which is what we're concerned this next governor won't won't do, essentially. Well, on top of which, he's supporting people who are spouting all kinds of hate and um, seditionist rhetoric. So let me right. go on. Wait, wait, wait. Let's, so I think here's the thing. I think what's interesting about this is that because there's such a deep bench on the Republican side, that could mean that there are some cla- Republican classics, I'd like to call them McCainers, who yeah. are still loyal to the actual real values of the Republican Party, you know, fiscal conservatism um, and and not really these Trump values. And they're trying to run. But what I think is telling in this, Mom, is that uh, Carrie Lake is getting massive traction. Now, I'm not sure if that is as much because Trump has endorsed her and she's a little outrageous. And so she just naturally takes over the news cycle or if she's actually getting traction with voters. So what's going to be really interesting is the primary election to see who they pick. I mean, yeah. if they do, in fact, pick Carrie Lake, then it's on like Donkey Kong. And, and here we go. It's a Trump candidate. And we're right back to square one. She has very, very deep pockets because she's the Trump candidate. Mm-hmm. And the Republican Party will support her 150 percent. Which because- leads me to another thought with the deep pockets. It's a great that's a great um, addition because, you know, Trump just did that big event at Mar-a-Lago for all of the Michigan candidates. And he was basically helping them fundraise. And it was people who were running against each other in the primary and for all different offices. But it was like if they got invited to that Mar-a-Lago event, then they were sort of set with the fundraising. So right. he still has his finger on the pulse of the cash and that's everything. That's he does. Everything. And we're talking Michigan, which is another swing state, yeah. which reminds me, everyone listening out there, if you want to talk about this or get in on this or have a conversation about anything or ask us a question, please feel free to call in. We'd love to talk with you, um, especially if you're from another state and you're noticing any of this stuff too. And it parallels so that we can sort of compare and contrast. Right. Go ahead, Mom. The other thing I wanted to say was I wanted to I, I wanted to also take a look at how deep the um, the crazy goes in the Republican Party in Arizona. So not just for governor, okay. the highest uh, elected position in Arizona. Well, we Republic. have to talk about Gosar. I mean, come on. I, I don't want to talk about Gosar right now because right. I my blood pressure can't stand it. <laughs> Okay, but really quickly, everybody, in case you don't know, <laughs> Representative Paul Gosar is uh, <laughs> from our actual district in Arizona. He formerly was a dentist. He's Mormon. He's the one whose uh, siblings all came out with this giant ad saying, do not reelect our brother. He's the worst. Like, don't do it. And he's crazy. he is yeah. crazy. And he's had several ties to the Oath Keepers and other militias, especially in Prescott and everyone. He's He's got ties to the January 6th insurrection. What the level of his involvement is, I don't know. I wouldn't put it past him to be involved to the top. I think it's currently being investigated by the committee. That's that's my assumption that they're getting into all of that. But yes. he's, he's blatantly put it all out there. So that's okay. Paul Gosar. Let's talk about somebody else because my in, mom can't take it. In addition to <laughs> Paul Gosar, so we'll count him as one. All right. Really laid out his um, craziness. Uh, He is one of the, in the deeper layer, he is in the House of Representatives in Arizona, the state House of Representatives. Someone from the state Senate in Arizona has just been 
recently censured in a bipartisan censure for a speech that she gave at the AFPAC for violent and bigoted speech. Yep. Her name, I don't even want to say her name. Go ahead. Um, well, say her name and shame the devil. It's Maggie somebody. It's, um, you know uh, what? I, I have, uh, it's uh, anyway, yes, she was censured. And what happened was she was tweeting. She was tweeting out really crazy things, anti-Semitic things, really, really nuts to the point where Twitter was sort of putting notices on her tweets. It was bad. And then there was a huge outrage. This was a couple of weeks ago. There was a huge viral outrage over what she was saying. And then um, the state uh, Senate actually censured her, which the Republicans censured her, which is a, a little, <laughs> a little crazy, but also kind of nice in that at least the Republican is go- the Republican Party is going, no, 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 that's too far. So clearly with Arizona, anti-Semitism is too far, but um, Black Lives Matter hate is not. And the border is still, you know, well, available for attack. Or, the, I, other is, the other thing is she is totally entwined with the QAnon crowd. And she has stated that she believes in Christian theocracy. Not democracy, Christian theocracy. And she's a member of the Oath Keepers. Oh, Lord. A proud member of the Oath Keepers. They let women be members of the Oath Keepers? I thought it was yep. a men's militia. No, it started out that way. Oh, sorry. I was conflating it with the Promise Keepers. Do you yeah. remember the Promise Keepers? The guy yeah. and grandpa tried to tell us he was in that. and We had to do a, like an intervention. Okay, so... Um, okay, she's also a huge proponent of the big lie. She still talks about it, the, the 2020 presidential election as being a big lie. Right. And um, she, the, the interesting thing is, okay, so she was censured. So one would think in a bipartisan censure of the, of the state Senate, that would be a good thing. It would mean that Republicans were uh, looking being at- diligent. Being, right, right. And, to some understanding of how, how far is too far. Right. But get this, Doug Ducey supported her with his PAC money for her election two years ago to the tune of over $100,000. And so, of course, now the press has gone to him and said, but are you sorry that you did that? You know, are you going to take it back? Are you going to double down? What are you going to do? He will not renounce supporting her candidacy with over $100,000 in 2009. He basically said he'd rather have her than a Democrat. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, because liberals are the devil. Exactly. And here's the thing that's weird. I I agree. I mean, the Republican Party, the state Republican Party in Arizona did the right thing for once. But the reasoning for doing it clearly, you know, is questionable. And I think part of it is the fact that it was it was so heavy in anti-Semitism and they went, nope, that's a step too far. Um, But they wouldn't they wouldn't take that stand if it was other minorities getting attacked. And then part of me thinks, well, they just did it for show because it was getting such traction on social media and it was making them look bad. And they still think that they're going to have, you know, McCainers votes. I just like to call the Republicans who haven't lost their minds McCainers. So I I, I, question about what does this mean and how can we tell? I don't think we're going to know anything until the primary and then we'll know something. But we're really not going to know what's really happening in Arizona until the general election. And that's scary. 
It is scary because this is happening in several other states across the country in an exact mimicked fashion. I mean, Arizona has its own issues that are specific to Arizona, but I mean, this is happening in Michigan. This is happening. This is happening in several swing states all over the country that have governor seats up for election in 2022. And these seats are key because, again, the person who is governor in 2024 is going to help you know, make sure that the public understands that an election wasn't stolen and that there's a fair count and that things are done properly. So it could make or break, make or steal in this case, an election. So I think that's a really good point. You know what? Thank you so much for calling in. Um, This was a really good conversation and it was a great way to, to end the week. Um, I'd like to thank everybody for listening who was here and listening and I'd like to invite you to come back next week. We're going to be on weekly now every Friday at three o'clock. And I hope to see you then. And I hope to talk to you all soon. Um, three time. What? Three o'clock DC time. Yes. Three o'clock Eastern standard time. So that, that would be noon on the Pacific time and noon Arizona and one in the one hour behind in the Midwest. I'm throwing a ton of numbers. I was raised in Arizona. I don't understand time changes. We don't change the clock. I don't know how to work it. So I have a doctorate. I can't work the time changes. Anyway, um, thanks a lot for calling in and giving us that information. I think, you know, it's scary and it's hard to think about, but we have to be really looking at what these tells mean and what's coming up in 2022 because it's a really big precursor in 24 and we have to get, you know, our ducks in a row and just be prepared. So and the one thing I wanted to say, just, just um, really punctuate that you just said that I think is super important is whatever state you live in, get involved in the gubernatorial race. It is so very important. Thank you. That's a really good point. I was going to make the point to say, you know, if you're feeling frustrated or defeated by hearing the fact that, you know, the Trump contingency is not gone and we've still got this to contend with. If that really makes you feel deflated and kind of put down, there is an antidote and that is to donate to a candidate that's going to stand up. So in this case, let's use Arizona as the hypothetical. You can go to katiehobbs.org and make a donation. In fact, I think I'm going to do that as soon as we wrap this up. And that can help you feel like you're taking a step in the right direction and you're doing something, you know, and there are candidates all over the country again in these races all over that, you know, you can just throw them a little bit of cash here and there and that will let them know that that you see them and that you're helping them out. And it's a great quick way to not feel so helpless and to get involved. So, again, I'd like to remind everybody to um, take a look at my newsletter over at Substack, Shiro substack.com and you can stay up to date with everything we're talking about here um i've also started a book club over there and we're going to be having fuller discussions here um on colin on some of the books that we're doing as we pick that up in the future so you know we're going to dedicate you know one week to a book club discussion which is going to be super fun so just stay tuned keep hanging out with me you can always come over to twitter and that girls really rule i love to talk with people Right now, I'm currently on a little bit of a Twitter suspension because apparently Twitter didn't like that I was following back too many people and they think I'm a bot. So I won't be talking to you for a few days. Three days is my is my sentence, but I'll be talking to you after that. I like to really get involved and talk with people on Twitter. So come hang out with me. Thanks so much for giving me your time today and for listening. And we'll see you next week.